Okay, we've hit double digits for episodes. Episode it's 10. Number 10. Yep. That's uh, fantastic. And we, did it. we want to start off with a congratulations to um, Miss Jordan Lindell now on yep. his engagement. That's uh, really exciting. And uh, it often strikes me how different some people are in their lives. And as we have become good friends, it's just, you know, I'm just a college student sitting in his apartment now and you have the rest of your life ahead of you. And that's super exciting. I, I took a kind of a sarcastic tone, but congratulations, genuinely. Thank you, Ty. I appreciate that. <laughs> so does it feel any different being an engaged man now? It does. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I was like giddy and nervous for like two weeks. So that's subsided now, but it's, I can imagine. It's like I'm, I'm riding the high right now of happiness. So it's Keep great. riding it. Yep. Keep riding it. All right. Well, we have a great episode, one that I'm excited about. We're going to sort of talk about how to get into social media management. Um, it's actually something funny enough when we were doing our TikTok challenge a couple weeks ago uh, on one of the posts that I had that sort of went the most viral. Yep. Um, somebody, I, the post, the impetus of the post was, these are some tools, some free tools that I use um, in my job as a social media manager. And then people in the comments were like, well, how do you even become a social media manager? So uh, we decided to do an entire episode on that. And so we're going to walk through some accounts, some real accounts that Jordan and I um, both manage and sort of walk through our thought process. I'm excited because I think this one's going to be a good back and forth. Um, and we're just going to talk about you know, how to set things up, how to start with new clients, what to do once you have access to their accounts, everything like that. So I would like to start, Jordan, uh, yep. with what to do when you get a new client. Um, we could maybe even go as far back as reaching out to clients, although I don't want to dig into that too much. I think right. that's a whole episode on its own. But Jordan, generally speaking, what is your outreach like? Do you do any outreach? You know, when you're reaching out to clients, what is sort of your, your value prop? Walk me through a little bit of that. Yeah, so personally, I, for social media management specifically, I have not, you know, done any active prospecting, reaching out to try to get that business. Um, when I was looking for new gigs after my finance stint, the VSM job for social media managers kind of plopped in my lap. And it was really, you know, from the beginning, if you go to the, I mean, their page, it was really trial and error for me, just kind of trying, you know, new things, figuring out what works, what people like, what people don't like. Um, so in terms of, you know, finding new clients, I haven't done a whole lot of that. I like the content production side. So that's where, if I'm going to prospect, that's where I'm gonna put most of my efforts. But that being said, I guess, you know, in terms of a value proposition, it it's important to, you know, make companies understand that you're taking time off their plate and you're gonna handle that burden for them, basically. And it's gonna be consistent, you know, posting to their feed, it's gonna, you know, bring in new followers, which will potentially hopefully be new clients, which is big. But no, in terms of actively like reaching out, I haven't done any of that. I'm curious if you have. Yeah, a little bit. And um, I've talked a little bit about it on my LinkedIn page, just about different routes that you can go. Um, and I think it's important to consider when we talk about, because when we talk about social media management, just to be clear to everybody, we're sort of talking about this organic social media management um, freelancing sort of job where you're running people's organic social media. Maybe you're curating the content. Maybe you're like Jordan and you create some of the content. Um, but I think that's an important thing to think about for you as yourself, you know, talking about getting inbound uh, business or working on outbound business, which is some of those cold outreach. If you're creating content for yourself, you're going to increase the amount of inbound outreach that you get. Um, and I sort of found that myself in, even in these past couple of short months doing 
um, content on LinkedIn. And not even it's like there are headhunters out there looking for me, um, but you get to know people and people know other people. And so I'm <laughs> tagged in a number of posts or DM'd in a number of um, you know different messages where people are like, hey, I think you might be a good fit for this job. You might be a good fit for this job, stuff like that. So um, for me, I've done a bit of outreach. And, and like I said, I've walked through how to do like a good cold email outreach that works for me earlier this summer. And I have that um, up on LinkedIn, but it's, it's really what I found that the best thing to do to keep this short is to let them know, you know, what their problem is, how you can solve their problem and what it's going to take for you to get to solving their problem, whether it be money or time or, or whatever it is. So I think people really like in that sense when things are short and concise, because just like Jordan said, um, these you're trying to get something off somebody's plate. They're not trying to manage more people. So the more that you can have your shit together and then the more that you know what you're doing and you know what the actionables are that you want to deliver on, um, the more likely people are going to want to work with you just because they know that they're going to be able to do hands off. Um, they're not going to have to touch what you're doing because you're going to be able to take care of it. Right. And I also think it's important to note, and this kind of goes into what I wanted to touch on next is like that discovery phase. So they, you know, they agree to either meet with you or work with you. And it's, you know, basically you sitting down asking them a bunch of questions, but there comes a point where, you know, you have that value prop of I'm going to take this off your plate. So you have so much more time, but at the same time, they need to be actively involved in a, the content B, yeah. you know, just coming up with ideas because more than likely they know the industry better than you do. So they still need to be active, actively involved. And I think a lot of companies run into problems where they just kind of leave one person with the, the content production, but then they get stuck because they don't know what to make. So that kind of segues into this discovery phase of before sure. I even, you know, make a video for a company, I need to sit down and have a conversation of what they're looking for how this is going to benefit them. And I think it's important, especially if you're going to be managing their entire, you know, social profile to actually sit right. down and have a good conversation with them. And, and this is going to help ground expectations too, because when we talk about organic social media, Jordan, you and I have had many frustrated conversations about this, where we talk about people, it's harder for people to see the value of direct social, like organic social media in terms of how it directly gets them business. Obviously with paid advertising, uh, Facebook being the most popular platform to do it through, it's easy to uh, attribute sales to different ads or different efforts or stuff like that. With organic social, it's a lot harder because getting a thousand new followers doesn't necessarily mean getting X amount of dollars in new business. It's uh, there's, there's a part of the discovery phase where you have to help them ground expectations and be like, hey, look, you know, there are going to be certain metrics that we're going to try to achieve, whether it be engagement rate, follower numbers, um, you know, new outbound business leads or, or something like that. But you have to let them know that you can't necessarily say that's going to bring you in $500,000 of, of new revenue this quarter because it's it's not like that. It's more foundation building. It's more momentum building. It's more social proofing. It's a bunch of things that don't necessarily show up on the accounting sheet at the end of the at the end of the year um, but it's something that's really valuable and i think it's really important in this discovery phase to ground those expectations and be like look this is sort of what you're getting and so when you go forward they're not coming back to you in five months and saying wait why have we been paying you these past five months like what have you actually done for us um, sort of setting those expectations early is, is really important yeah that's so true and for a lot of people it is tough because when they pay for something or invest in something within their business they're expecting to get or at least see measurable results. And I almost equate it to like you had mentioned with, you know, how you've got new business or reached out. It's, you know, doing a simple thing is posting on LinkedIn every week. 
like that's going to be able to like if you look back on that literally you can say okay i got two clients from just actively posting on linkedin for a year like you can put a number to that but some people i mean they want to see okay i invest two hundred dollars a month in a social media manager how much are they bringing in in business which is a lot yeah. i mean super tough for people to wrap their head around that yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's ways to attribute marketing and, and that's not the conversation I'm trying to have. But I think it's often funny when you think about people are buying billboards, people are buying advertising spots on TV. And, and those are things that are similarly not necessarily attributable um, in a direct sense. So social media marketing is just is just one of those things where you're marketing through a channel that doesn't necessarily have direct attribution like online paid advertising does. Um, and you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. So again, discovery phase, very important to set those expectations. But right. once once we set those expectations, um, there's a lot of work on your end as a social media manager and Jordan and I can both attribute to, it, it's really overwhelming to start, especially when you don't really know what you're doing. You don't really have systems set up. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why in a lot of what I'm doing now, I'm trying to set up these systems to where I can let somebody know what the next steps are because I, I always feel like I get into the situation where you're talking to a person, they're vibing with what you have to say in terms of the value of organic social media. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. What are the next steps? And then all of a sudden you're kind of like, uh, I don't know, like I start posting on your social media channels. Like it's, it, you, it's really hard to, to know what those next steps are. So right. I've been trying to sort of codify or systemize um, some of the next steps of this discovery process, because it is important, um, I think, both to set benchmarks for what you're trying to achieve. So um, it's important to have goals, obviously, and deliverables for what you're trying to do, even if it's not like, okay, I'm going to bring you in $500,000 of new revenue. Um, it is important to set engagement rate goals or mm -hmm. follower goals, or even if it's as general as like, um, <laughs> like vibe aesthetic goals, or like uh, feed yep. aesthetic goals, or if it's amount to post every single week or different things like that. It's important to set metrics so that you can come back to somebody and be like, hey, look, we, you know, we are making progress. We are, we are achieving on, on certain things. So Jordan, I'm curious to know, like, what are some of the early things you focus on when you're sitting down with a client? Um, you know, are you saying, are you telling them, you know, I want to get you X amount of followers or are you focusing on something way different? Quite basically, it's what type of content do you want to be posting? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times it's, okay, we want to do a podcast. We want to, you know, have, you know, for BSM, for example, is we want to have these Tuesday, um, you know, or just thoughtful Thursday, like inspirational video clips that go out. And then it's, you know, you know, graphics and pictures, like what kind of content do you want? Um, and for me, that's how it really went down with BSM was just, what do we want? It wasn't, I mean, we honestly didn't really set any, you know, engagement goals or post goals. It was just, like this is what we want let's just throw a bunch of content out there so i mean as basic as that is that's i mean what we did yeah no i i think those are and it's always so funny to me because the like content is a very easy thing for you to control and you know to go to the old like coach's adage of control the controllables in organic social especially there's only a certain amount of levers that you can pull and so it's important that you're focusing your efforts on the ones that you can directly control. So you can control how many pieces of content you get out every single week. You know, you can't necessarily control how many followers you gain or how many comments you get on every single post. And, and those are important metrics to be um, judging. But I think yeah. early on, it's really important to focus on the things that you can control, like putting out pieces of content. That's so true. Yeah, that's really important. So um, Jordan, if you want to share my screen, I just want to get yeah. into a little bit I think this totally goes along the lines of what you're just saying with like controlling 
controlling the controllables, getting out piece of content and having those be sort of the pillars of your success early on. Yeah. Um, so this, this was a schedule that I put together um, for a client of mine um, that I'm working with right now. We're doing social media management across their Instagram and, and Facebook, um, a pretty limited a, a amount per month right now. And we're sort of doing it in tandem where I'm posting a little bit, he's posting a little bit, um, sort of a, a combination of the two. So this is just a, a calendar for the month of July. And it's something that I think I'm going to do going forward where I have it laid out pretty clearly the, the things that I'm going to be posting, the things that he's going to be posting. You know, we have a weekly meeting um, and then there's some content ideas at the bottom if he's ever looking for for things to post as well. Um, and then there's some, you know, every every meeting we have some meeting agenda items that we want to hit so we, that we can get in and out really quickly. Um, I think this comes back a little bit to uh, and, and, and this client actually was somebody who, who told me about it, that every social media or creative person that he's worked with in the past is just kind of an airy, flaky creative type, um, which is great. And those types of people are really successful in things that they like to do. Uh, but I think it's important to have these sort of hard and fast guidelines or, or rules or benchmarks so that yeah. you, you can know... Um, you can know what you're achieving and then the person has to manage you less, like we were saying at, at the very beginning. So I think the more you can do, the more that you can set up to where you can be as hands off as possible is, is really good. And Jordan, you know this from, from both points of view where they have to manage you less. And then also you have to rely on another person less to get the work that you want to do done because it's the worst where you're waiting on a piece of content or you're waiting on approval for something and you literally can't do your job because the other person, you know, is sort of busy with, with managing something else. So right. I, I think it's really important to set up processes early on to where that you can be as autonomous as possible. Well, and it's something that, it's funny, like something as simple as that, like a calendar that lays out exactly what you need each day. It holds you accountable as, you know, subconsciously as it may seem, but mm -hmm. it's going to make you post on those days. And if you don't, you're going to feel bad. Yeah, a hundred percent. And an interesting thing too, um, this is all something I'm figuring out on my own, but sort of a little side tangent is thinking about posting, you know, scheduling your posts. So I'm a huge proponent for scheduling out your posts. I think it saves you a ton of time if you sit down at the beginning of every week and get out a full weeks of content. And I'm talking about posting upwards of three times a day um, can take you as, as little as like an hour if you sit down and get in the flow and do it one time per week mm -hmm. versus posting three times a day manually, um, going into the app, writing the caption, everything like that. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of doing that, but there is a balance that you have to strike between posting, like scheduling every single post. And that's great for some clients. Um, but then there's an, also this idea of like having to having to be timely with your post. So having to post things on the day of, um, I work with a company that does um, a lot of events. So a lot of like sporting uh, showcases and tournaments and different things like that. And obviously I can't predict what's going to happen for the weekend and schedule a post for Saturday and Sunday when the event is happening live. So then there are some considerations you have to make where, okay, I can schedule out certain posts to make sure that we're getting out con content consistently, but then also you have to leave yourself some wiggle room where that you'll have to go in and manually post. Um, but either way, I think it's important to build in that time, like you said, so you can hold yourself accountable and maybe feel bad if you don't actually hit those um, hit those benchmarks, uh, because it is important that you consider when you're working with a client, okay, is this something that has to be super timely or is it something I can sit down and schedule out for you know a week? I've worked at companies where they schedule out posts for literally months at a time. So mm -hmm. it's important to know um, where you fall in sort of that spectrum of, of timeliness. I, I find myself doing that same, you know, that same type of tactic for even just creating the content it's I'll sit down with, you know, the, so for example, I did a batch of videos for a mortgage advisor and he wanted, you know, just a bunch of content. He can post to Facebook weekly. And we sat down for three hours 
uh, one Friday and just filmed a bunch of stuff and he was able to, you know, have content for a couple months. So, I mean, that's another way to, you know, save people's times instead of being like, okay, Jordan, you got to come to my office every Wednesday for, you know, three months so we can record some right. stuff. Yeah, I think, I think that's totally fair. So I think we're going to kind of transition out of this like discovery phase, but a couple of key points, I feel like we're, we had a lot of good information, but it maybe wasn't super coherent. So to recap, I think it's important um, that you're creating content for yourself so that you can start creating more inbound um, business. Um, and there's a whole bunch to be said about like reaching out, cold emailing, cold calling, whatever. We didn't really get into that. But I think the important note there is it's important to be creating content for yourself, um, sort of putting yourself out there in a sense so that people know, you know, if they have opportunities, where they can send them and what kind of opportunities would be good for you. I think that would be number one. Um, I think the second thing is in that discovery phase, setting expectations. So what does your service, whether it be organic social media or maybe just content creation, um, what does that service how does it benefit them and what should their expectations be in terms of like real return for them? And maybe you can't express that in terms of dollars, but maybe you know, I, I would try to get as specific as possible in what the return for them would be. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then I think thirdly, it's important to consider, can you schedule things? Do you have to be super timely with things? Like you have to post day of because live, live events are happening or can you sit down and can you schedule it out for a certain amount of time? Um, and what does that schedule look like? You know, does it have to have a balance? Um, can you, do you have to be posting every single day? Do you have to be posting multiple times a day? Um, this is all stuff that you have to consider. And literally we could probably spend an episode going into depth on each part of that, of what yep. I just said. Um, but I think that's sort of the, the takeaway that I would have um, from, you know, the past 15 minutes of us talking. Do you have anything else, Jordan? No, I think you, you nailed it. Um, Fantastic. Let's get into some maybe specifics um, in terms of, you know, once you're posting, what are some key tips or, or, or different things that, that you should be looking at when you're actually putting content out on these platforms? Right. So I can I can hop in really quick and, and I'll do kind of a, a quick overview. Okay. Um, this is one of the one of the clients I work for. Um, they do, you know, football camps and, and trainings and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think here it's really important to note that you can kind of see that there's uh, cohesion in the feed um, that before I'm trying to scroll down to where I, like, you know, before like it's kind of a lot of like graphics and like, mm -hmm. some of the, you know, cards here aren't super, you know, they're not really paying attention to thumbnails, which is which is fine, because I think when most people are posting, they're not really thinking about how that stuff plays out. Um, but you can see here when you're scrolling through now some of the more recent stuff, it's a lot more people in the shot. Um, a lot more action, a lot less just static imagery, um, but stuff that has a little bit of movement to it. Um, I'm a huge proponent of carousels. And so I've really been utilizing that kind of having an image be the first card. So something that you can really control. So this is a really high quality image that you can put a filter on and kind of make um, kind of make the the whole aesthetic of the feed look a little bit more unified. And then the next one is a video. So like this video might not look super good in the actual feed as you scroll through it, um, but it's sort of... Right. Um, it's sort of covered by this higher quality image. So I think that's that's really important. Um, and then the, the last thing I want to say is is tone. So like it's important that you're matching the tone and that can be anything from, um, now it's not loading. That can be anything from just a text copy to like the emojis you use and stuff like that. Um, you want to make sure that's unified and you want to make sure that you're doing your best to reflect 
um, what that brand is all about. And, and that can really be gathered passively through talking with the people that run the business. You can kind of get the sense of, okay, do they want to be more informational and more casual? Um, do they want to be quippy, different things like that? Um, but it's also an important explicit conversation to have, like what kind of tone, what kind of angle do we want to have? Um, I always like to ask the people I'm working with, you know, aside from selling your product or aside from getting somebody to sign up for your event, what is the value proposition of your account? Because people aren't going to come to your account because you have events for them to sign up for. You know, they're going to come in this case because there's informational content about playing football or there's tips about training or, or different stuff like that. So you have to sort of, we learned, I learned about this in class recently, which is like laddering benefits. Like it's not about signing up for a, a camp. It's about becoming a better football player. And in that regard, it's becoming more accepted into a community. So like you have to think about um, what the benefits are as you work your way up that that ladder. And um, I, I think it's re that's really easily reflected in the copy. And it's important that you really hammer that down early on. Um, so that's one thing that I want to say. Um, this is kind of a similar thing where uh, you, tone and, and feed aesthetic and, and different things like that are important. I think one of the easiest things you can do um, as a manager is like clean up a lot of bio, bio stuff and a lot of highlights. A lot of times, like I know for this client, it was just kind of like images here like that didn't really look that great and so just by tossing on some some thumbnails basically for the for your instagram story highlights um that can make a big difference so just cleaning stuff up like that um is really important when you go in and then lastly i think it's important that you leave room um you leave room for the people this is a facebook page now but you leave room for the people who run the account and want to be and want to participate in it you leave room for them to do that so i yeah. think i often fell into a trap where my i wanted my schedule to be so airtight I wanted my systems to be so airtight that people, other people couldn't contribute in it and that it was just me that was posting and me that was producing the content. So anytime that somebody else hopped on to post something or another member of the community or another member of the company hopped on to post something, it would throw what I had all out of whack and it would make everything like not work anymore. And I, I had this image in my head where it was like, I had to do it all. I had to have control over it all so that I could make it look exactly how I wanted it to look. You have to realize that that's not going to be the case. And a lot of clients that you work with, are going to want to participate in posting. And it's actually good that they participate in posting because they're the truest voice of, of yeah. whatever the brand is. Uh, <laughs> just don't, don't think that your plan has to be so airtight or don't think that your schedule has to be so like hammered to the, to the nine that you don't leave room for um, things to happen, whether it be clients wanting to post themselves or whether it be different events popping up or, or stuff like that. Um, you have to leave room for that flexibility. And I think that's equally as important in a schedule as is, um, you know, making sure that it's, it's planned out as much as it can be planned out. So that's really all I have to say about that. Um, I know, Jordan, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what you have to dive into from more of a maybe a creative perspective, but I think we'll have a, a good conversation going forward. And I'm sorry for dominating the whole conversation to this point. No, see, I, I told you before, that's okay, Ty. You need to do that. But in episode 10, we don't have this figured out yet, Jordan. Where, right. You know, who, who talks, but whatever. <laughs> um, but so in terms of, I guess, what I've done, so I really... Like I said, I had to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. One, I'd never done this before. Two, I mean, I had just started making content, so it was just everything was new to me. And so I think it's important to kind of look at the industry and what they're creating and then yeah. put your own spin on it. And we talked about that with TikTok. It's like find a trend, put your own spin on it. But what we did a lot of like at the beginning with DSM was taking – long form pieces of content. So they were already doing a podcast when I got there and it was finding a way to, you know, not just post the whole podcast, but, you know, post these little clips, you know, post a graphic with who's going to be on the podcast, 
um, you know, posting clips from blogs. It was all stuff like this. And I mean, we I think we talked about it last week, critiquing our old work, but I mean, we can tell by looking at this page, it wasn't the most pretty thing. I was experimenting. DSM was experimenting. We were just kind of trying stuff out. But we were spinning off of what, you know, other people in real estate were doing. They were having podcasts, but, you know, they were posting the full episode. So we're taking, you know, clips of the best points and throwing that out there and seeing if that can get some engagement, maybe bring people back to the podcast. Yeah. Um, in terms of like what I said about Batch, you know, producing content, we would do these thoughtful Thursdays every single Thursday. And it, they were so simple, but we would just sit down for three hours, record them all. Right. And we have content for two, three months. Yeah. So it was yeah. little things like that, just kind of figuring out ways to one, be efficient and two, have high quality content that helped me right away. But yeah. the, the more, the more I look at this sort of stuff and the more I sort of think about it and get more mature in my own sort of lineage of, of being like a social media manager, the more that I honestly, and I, I really curious to hear your thoughts about this, like the whole, this is really the whole Gary V model of like, take a long piece of content and then cut it up into a million different pieces of content. Yeah. The more I, start, I, I kind of become like a little turned off to it. And maybe that's just because I'm not doing it super well, because I think if you're really to follow that, follow that theory to like the, the nth degree, it comes down to making sure that each piece of each piece of content is unique and made specifically for the platform. And I think what I fall into a lot of times when I'm trying to get content out and like have content for two months is I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to put it in a square aspect ratio. I'm going to post it across Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and I'm going to call it good. And then it doesn't super, it doesn't perform really well. And I, and I don't know if that's because, you know, the long form content isn't good or the short form content isn't good, or if it's because I'm not making content for Instagram. I'm making content for quote social media and yeah. just hoping that painting that wide brush is like good enough basically. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, um, I mean, what I've done here, I mean, we, I think we did too much of looking back at it. We did too much of cutting the long form content up. I think we need yeah. to do more of tailoring posts or videos or graphics directly to the platform. And I think we would have seen better performance because I mean, how many people want to, you know, scroll through and watch every single one of these podcast clips that could be up to, you know, right and a half long. Right. Um, but yeah, that's just a whole nother, you know, aspect, but yeah. And, and now that I think about this, I, I think that's why maybe carousels do so well on Instagram because mm -hmm. it's just such a, it's such a specific, uh, format to the platform. You know, it's something where it's not even like on Twitter necessarily where you can have a preview of all four media pieces before you view it like on instagram it's such a specific thing to the platform that when you're creating carousels you're thinking okay this is only going on instagram and so thinking about the platform so uh intently like that i, th I think is what helps those do do really well aside from other like little algorithm tidbits but yeah i just like the more i think about it and I, i've totally been in this position like you are where it's like you're just cutting up long form pieces of content and it's it's not so much more about like oh is this going to do really well on instagram as it is like you know what this is just this is like good enough you know what i'm yeah. saying yep and i i mean another thing too is like use the platform so like instagram is instagram stories and it's like when you're out and about you know doing whatever you're doing in that industry so for real estate if you're out and about on a showing, you got to tell the agents like be posting, you know, either to the actual company's page or to your page, just post what you're doing because that's what the app's for to be able to utilize those tools. Right. If you're just, you know, posting content that's just on the main page and goes everywhere else. It's not unique. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the times I, 
maybe and a lot of people do probably just think of it as kind of like a it's just like a like a megaphone almost like yeah you're just trying to put the content on there because that's you know that's where the people are you're not necessarily you know whether it be creating the content for the platform or you're not going to the you know you're not going to the content to create the platform you're just kind of using it as a as a tunnel or a push through i, I don't know that wasn't a very coherent thought but i think um i think you're totally right and i think it often this is something i grapple with where it's like you know how do you effectively take advantage of all of these social media platforms at scale because yeah. there is a balance and you know i i'm not trying to disparage what you or I do at all in terms of like trying to make content as efficiently and effectively as possible. Um, but there is a balance between like, okay, out on one side of it, you can cut up a bunch of long form content. You can schedule it all out for like literally weeks at a time and you can get it all out and that's great. And you're doing it and you're checking that box and you're getting a ton of content out, but maybe it's not the best kind of content. And on the other side, it's like, you're going to go every piece of content manually and maybe you can't get as much content out, but the stuff that you do get out, is much more curated to the platform. So it's right. like where in that spectrum balance do you put yourself? And it's so hard. It's so hard. And I and I really haven't seen anybody do it super effectively one way or another. And it really might come down to for certain industries, you can be on one side of the spectrum and for certain industries, you have to be on the other side. Yeah. And it's funny too, like in terms of, you know, producing quality content and, you know, getting a bunch of content out there. Like I will be straight up honest with a lot of clients and just tell them, some of this content you can do just by yourself like there would be no reason to this is i mean i'm talking on terms of like filming stuff and editing stuff at this point but it's like you want to make a video where you talk quickly about you know benefits of buying a house in the city or something random it's like you can do that by yourself just standing there filming right save you time and money and i think a lot of people lose sight of that too it's like it's so easy to just sometimes do things yourself in terms of, you know, production of content where, you know, they go out and say, okay, I need to hire a videographer or a manager for every single piece of content that I make. Right. But at the same time, it's like, you want to be getting, you know, a lot of content out there. So it's just, I think a lot of companies struggle with that or, you know, kind of that thought process. Yeah. How do you think about like pushing the ball forward in terms of, you know, you set up and I, I'm the worst at this, but I have sort of a system where, you know, I have a schedule, I have a, a routine of when I get the content out and, and when I schedule it and everything like that. Um, but then I feel like I sort of fall into this regimen of like, I just do the same thing every single week, every single week, every single week. I don't really ever take the time. Like I only budget myself so much time to schedule the content. It's almost like I need to budget my time to sit down, digest the content that I posted and mm -hmm think about like just literally schedule time to think about how I can evolve the content. Do you, do you ever have you schedule out the time? Do you think about that or, or do you find yourself falling into that same routine? Right. I try to go, I mean, as much as I can, I try to go back and either a watch old stuff that I made for myself or made for other clients. And then it's like, honestly, it comes down to time. So if I'm in a really busy spot, like I just don't have time to do that. And that's honestly when I'll, like what I just mentioned where I'll tell clients to either a you can make that yourself or B like you don't need to make it at all. It's like little things like that where like, I won't, I don't want to say the word like turn down or turn away business, but it's like, I have to be reasonable with my time and you know how I'm producing the content. I want it to be quality. I want my, 
you know, my brand to stay positive and up. So right. it's, it's little things like that. It comes down to time really like when I can go back and look and I obviously I'm always trying to improve and get better. And I think that comes with just, you know, immersing myself in the industry and in the process. But I mean, as much as I can, I do, but it's tough. It is tough. And I think that, you know, for me, I, I sort of found, and this goes as advice to anybody listening, which is l remove those barriers as much as you can to how you can go back and analyze different things. And obviously there are a myriad of, of paid tools and unpaid tools. I, I know since using later, um, later.com to schedule out a lot of my content, it's been really helpful where it's literally all right there in terms of like uh, impressions I have on a weekly, monthly, three month basis you know, which hashtags are performing well, like I can just go and super quick overview, look at what's working, and what's not working. Whereas for some of the free platforms that might not have that, you have to go a little bit more manually and look and see, okay, this isn't working. You know, this is working. Um, and then I think there's also a point about being intentional about trying new things. Like, I don't think it's the end of the world that you try something and it doesn't do well. Um, I, I think it's important to make those minor tweaks and to make big tweaks and to make big changes in terms of what you're doing and to kind of always reinvent um what what how the brand perceives itself online because you're right if, if you were to do some of the things that jordan you were doing early on in terms of vsm you know uh, it wouldn't look as good as it does now and you, you right. would evol evolve as a creator and as a as a brand or how they present themselves online so and that's I think it's all important stuff to consider right and i think that's where it, even we could talk forever about this too but just quickly that's where like engaging with your community can be really beneficial and just even looking back at posts and be like okay, what did people really, you know, click with? What did they like? What were the comments like? And then actually in real time, like engage with those people because the one that's going to say a lot about your brand, but you know, two, it's going to give you valuable information as well. For sure. Well, that's put us, that puts us right at our 30 minute mark, which again, like clockwork a little over this time, but we had a lot to say and I, I think we could have said a lot more, but um, I think that was a, a really good conversation. Some of it, higher level and some of it a, li a little bit more in the weeds. And I guess that's the, the balance that we kind of try to strike. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, um, this one wasn't so much visual heavy, but make sure to go check us out on YouTube where you can watch these episodes live. And then you can also watch them after they're posted. Um, we have our whole catalog of episodes there. You can listen wherever you listen to podcasts. And then go out and check us out on LinkedIn, where we like to post content from time to time. And Jordan and I are both on LinkedIn as well. And I think that's where we like to field a lot of business related things. So reach out if you're looking for anything there. Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Awesome. Thank you, guys.